Hello and welcome to the Thriving Families podcast. I'm Anna and this is the podcast which aims to provide a safe and non-judgmental space for us to be able to talk about children and young people with additional support needs. Thriving Families and I are based in the Highlands of Scotland and we're hoping to connect people to support us in feeling less isolated and being able to recognise that you're not the only one. So this week we are talking about anxiety and one of the reasons that I thought this would be a really good topic for a podcast is because I would say over the last 18 months it's a word that is used a lot with a lot of parents and carers of young people who come to us and explain there's a lot of issues and then there's causing a lot of anxiety. So anxiety has always been an issue it's always been a challenge but I think it's maybe become more dominant in a lot of people's lives over the last 18 months so you know I think a lot of people's questions tend to be what does anxiety look like why does it happen how can we support it and help it so what I thought it would be really useful is to speak to someone who maybe has a little bit of personal experience and some knowledge about these types of issues so very, very gratefully, I have a very lovely young lady called Sarah who has agreed to talk to us today. And again, sorry if you listened to the last podcast, it may feel like I'm just digging up students from my past. So this is also someone who I was, um, who I taught for a very little while when this person was in sixth year. And so we have also worked together in the past. So it's been really nice to keep that line of communication and understand a little bit of Sarah's journey. So knowing Sarah's story, I thought it would be really nice for have her to share it with you. And she's been really kind. So hi, Sarah. Hi, yeah. <laughs> so can you do me a favor and can you just give everybody kind of a little brief overview, anything you'd like to share, just tell us about yourself a bit. Yeah, of course. Um, so I am 23. Um, I first met Anna, as I say, back in school, and I've um, had the pleasure of knowing her since. Um, I am currently training to be a cognitive behavioural therapist. Um, I'm in my final year of my diploma. And um, yeah, um, <laughs> when I finish, I I'm hoping to um, further specialise and further study in um, child and young person therapy and working with children and adolescents. I am interested in all things mental health. I am, yeah, interested in anxiety, in in depression, in um, phobias. I'm interested, I'm particularly interested in trauma at the moment. working with people with um, different support needs um, and how therapy can work for them. I um, um, I have personal experience of anxiety. I've always had anxiety um, and I've, I'm very open about that. Um, and yeah, right now I am, yeah, I'm trying to be a therapist and I, what do I like doing? Let's do something non-work related. I um, enjoy running and seeing friends and I currently live on the east coast of Scotland with my boyfriend. Talk about something like physical exercise again I know both of us share that similarity and that's been maybe a coping mechanism for both of us in our past and present in coping with your own mental health and issues like anxiety. So I think for me coming down this perspective for parents is recognizing that actually issues like anxiety which may come and go are 
times in a child's life when they will need some additional support and so it's all about widening for parents and carers and professionals that kind of these issues are additional support needs and so you know support does need to be in place that's appropriate can you tell me let me say therefore some of your about your personal experience with anxiety absolutely um so I have always been anxious I am um, I am most people who know me will know that I'm anxious it's definitely um it impacts my life and I was really anxious as a child um I was a really anxious child I had um my anxiety presented when I was, when I was younger in the form of catastrophic thinking I would um be worrying about the big things like black holes and trees coming into the house and um but also health anxiety I experienced from a very young age worrying about cancers tumors that kind of thing um I guess kind of looking back it was things I was learning about and found out about um and would become incredibly anxious about I had a lot of trouble sleeping I would I would become very anxious about my anxiety um which is quite common um to become anxious about that so I'd be I'd be very anxious about going to sleep I'd be worrying about being the last one awake at night that my parents would fall asleep and I would be so anxious that I would stay up which then kind of perpetuates that so I experienced that throughout I would be um I worried a lot about the future from a very young age um I'd worry about school trips I knew were coming in four, four years in advance um and um yeah I am kind of looking back I can link my anxiety to a really big house move that I had I moved across the country when I was about nine um which I is when I pinpoint the start of my anxiety um and so that was probably probably a stressor event for me it was a it's a stressful thing moving and it definitely um yeah big changes changes to my routine changes to every single part of my life and um led to me feeling quite anxious, being very anxious um, for, for a, a good few years as a child. Um, and then as I got a bit older, my anxiety started to change. I mean, we anxiety is normal. We know that, that anxiety is a really normal part of being human and it helps us, um, it helps us care about the things we need to care about and it helps us keep safe. Um, like if we didn't, if we didn't have anxiety about um exams we wouldn't try for them do you know um about keeping safe in roads that kind of thing um so my anxiety has gone between a normal level of um when I was a child and a teenager um to to elevated and into into kind of dysfunctional um I got quite anxious when I was a teenager around periods of exams about work and as a young adult I still experienced that um when I, for example, I went to university um, when I was 18 and I got very anxious about um, a combination of university experience and kind of factors. So exams plus being away, um, new environment, that all led to me becoming very anxious and I couldn't continue with um, my degree at that point. Um, and yeah, and still to this day I am I am an anxious person and I am it does impact me every day I think I, I cope a lot better and it presents a lot differently than it did when I was a child um but it's but it's never gone and I know I'm prone to it so as 
me and Anna were just saying, um, I definitely have things I, I have in place to to keep me from getting anxious. Like if I, I know if I don't go to the gym or exercise for a few days in a row, that's when I start to feel it. If I stay in bed too long in the morning, if I don't get up straight away, that's when I can feel it creeping in. I am um, known for being someone who likes planning and likes being organized. And part of that's probably just a personality thing, but a part of that will be driven by 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 my anxiety around um, the future and and liking to know what's happening, um, and I, for example, have always bit my nails and I still do as an adult, um, and that comes from a place of anxiety. As um, yeah, so definitely, like yeah, it, it's still it's been it's been present my whole life in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I think it's and I think it's really important that what you said about we all suffer anxiety and anxiety is normal and like you say we couldn't cross a road everybody always laughs at me when I cross the road I don't know if you remember I don't know if we ever experienced this when we were at school but I if there's anywhere near if there's a crossing anywhere near whether it's a zebra crossing or the green man crossing I will go to that crossing because I've always said whatever brownie sees me because I always used to run like brownie groups mm. and, and I used to get really anxious that people would see me cross the road and be like oh, brown I'll cross the road unsafely and then maybe a brownie would do that and you know this level of what you say normal anxiety to maybe slightly dysfunctional anxiety is a, is a stepping stone but it's totally normal to be anxious and and like you say people need to be to not not worry about the fact that they're anxious it's about how you cope with it and what you do with it and realizing that actually yes it, it, it can jump up to a dysfunctional level but then again it's still that same method of how you deal with it mm-hmm. so you have identified talking about there like areas of your life that have impacted mm-hmm. is there anything else you would say that there are things in your life which have been impacted as a as either as a young person or as a young adult I think there were other things that directly impacted your decisions your choices because of your anxiety I am yeah definitely and as I say it does it impacts me on um on a level every day I I said and while I was kind of preparing what I was going to say I I asked my boyfriend and I we don't talk about it much because it's such a normal part of our lives is me being anxious and I said when what what do you think what how do you think it impacts my life and he was like it impacts you your whole life and I was like specifically and we struggled to think of reason think of um think of how um but when you really look at it um yeah as I say my I need to plan I know I hyper fixate I am prone to if um if I know I've got a, a trip or something for work in a few months time there's a good chance I've already looked at how I'm going to get there and and even to the extent that I'm looking at um train timetables that kind of thing um it impacts the way I function for example I'm quite an anxious cook I um have a a a fear I always have done a fear of fire um and again that's a really normal thing to have a fear of it's not a phobia it's a fear and we all need a fear of fire um but I um I get very stressed at the prospect of fire and I don't like taking risks at all in cooking I don't like when uh for example if something's frying and it gets a bit if I feel it gets out of hand that can make me very anxious so it it changes the way I I cook especially when I live by myself I would avoid um frying things or um 
yeah, uh, kind of little things like that. Um, as living with my partner, I'm I'm a lot um, I'm able to do that a bit more. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm able to be a bit more um functional in the in the kitchen because I I kind of have a trusted person with me. Um, it um it impacts um I I check plug sockets quite a lot I have some obsessive behaviors that I know are linked to anxiety and throughout my adult life I've um, made steps to work on them through therapy and through and um, kind of my own understanding of what that is um um yeah kind of ch- checking plugs checking door locks again these are these are normal things that we need to be doing to keep ourselves safe um but with my anxiety um the the actions that I do such as checking is linked to is directly linked to um the house is going to burn down so I might be saying if I don't check my ovens off the house will burn down and it's that direct correlation that um that leads to those obsessive behaviors for me um also quite a positive impact in some ways for you know if I think about you as a person as an individual you being that organized you being that prepared that planning ahead it's led you to be able to make positive choices to mm-hmm. go back to education to have some amazing job experiences because you're very methodical and you're very logical so although yeah people might hear this and think that this sounds like, oh she's panicky and anxious all the time or whatever you know I, I will say as a, somebody who knows Sarah it's not like that on a daily basis you know right. actually what we see is a very organized hard-working young lady and you know that's an amazing thing that coping strategies that people can put in place can be really complementary and can really positively influence the directions and the choices that you make and you know we should I'm really proud of you for that and you know you should be too so I think you know the impacts aren't all negative absolutely I always say that I think anxiety is um is is a superpower for me in the way that it 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 means I care a lot I love that and I I care a lot about a lot of things and um, I care a lot about my friends and I care a lot about my work and my studies and as you say it's meant that I've um been hard I I'm I'm a hard worker I know that um but not about hard worker because I care so much because I I care about the quality of work I put into things and I struggle to not care that much do you know um and yeah, so absolutely, there are benefits, and it means I am I'm organized, and I know my friends are always very grateful of of, <laughs> um, of having a friend that is um, happy to um, plan the plan the travel or plan the events or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's there's there, there is a real um, plus side, and as you say, it's a way of, it's a way of coping and how you channel that. Um, I wouldn't be who I am if I wasn't anxious and like my anxiety is a part of my um part of who I who I am in the world and someone that is organized and cares and um is passionate about things um that and that will work hard for things that I want do you know um and when that when that's functional for me it's a really good thing do you know 
Yeah. So if you were to give anybody some kind of tips and ideas of how to support themselves to maybe move from a place where actually they don't feel very positive about it, for instance, or as a parent or a carer who is maybe supporting a young person with anxiety, have you got any ideas or some tips to kind of support people? Yeah, I am. Maybe I'll start for children and young people. Um, I guess like just the big take home for me um, and learning about anxiety and what I know I'd have felt really useful for me at a young age is just knowing that anxiety is really normal. Do you know, we need it. We need it to care about things and to keep ourselves safe. Um, and, but for children, children and young people, I guess talking to people, um, you know, that we say that a lot to children um, and, but, but it's true because with anxiety has a really clever way of making um, things seem like there's no solution or the only solution is for you to do something. But actually, that's really rarely the case. And it's and things are rarely as bad as you think they are, especially as someone with anxiety. Do you yeah. know if you're the kind of person like me, like like I was when I was younger and you're catastrophic thinking, do you know these things? Um, you know, we, with a little bit of logic and a little bit of reasoning, these things can feel better quite easily. Um, and talking to someone about it and telling someone it's absolutely the first step. Um, even if you think in your state of anxiety that they're not going to be helpful, um, saying saying what's going on for you out loud. Um, I, growing up, I had parents that were really supportive and um, pretty on it when it came to mental, mental health. Um, and I definitely felt like talking to them was always always the um the right thing um but there are other resources around you do you know talking to parents isn't an option or to guardians isn't an option for every child and that's okay but to talking to anyone is normally a really good thing anyone that's in a trusted position you know we have things like childline and and um, if people at school teachers are ready to hear even if they can't help you directly um and pe the people around you are probably going to be are, are going to be supportive and they're going to put any reasonable adjustments in place for you to function and to you to feel a bit better um yeah so so making use of that support around you um but listening i guess listening to your body is a is a real thing for me and my anxiety is that sometimes um, and throughout my life i've not necessarily been the best at identifying when i'm anxious and that um that's probably been probably the biggest source of problem for me is me not realizing I'm anxious but acting on anxiety and acting with anxiety to the extent I am making myself ill or I am um acting irrationally and if you don't have someone who's noticing that in you um it's about listening to your body and anxiety in your body doesn't always need to feel like um uh, panic attack symptoms so it doesn't always feel like racing hearts um for me my anxiety comes in my stomach and I go through if I have a stomach ache and unexplained stomach aches for a few days at a time do you know and I know and I can't put a cause on that like I'll try and listen and be like am I anxious about something is this my body telling me something do you yeah. know um so yeah listening listening to your body and it's so different for everyone um where they feel where they feel their anxiety um i guess for um 
and trust your body, listening into your body and trusting it, trusting it's telling you something. Um, and if you can't think of um, what it is, if there's nothing physical going on for you, there's a chance it might be, it, it, it's your brain telling you something that is going on with your mental health um, that you need to tune into and attend to. Um, I guess for parents and guardians and people supporting children with anxiety, um, it is, it's, there's a hard line, I think, with anxiety about, um, yeah, it's a fine line between validating what, what your child is feeling, that they are feeling that the, I'll use myself for an example, that a black hole is coming. Um, there's validating that, but not colluding and being the voice of reason. That's, that's the fine line. Um, so if your child does um, say something that you know isn't to be true, I don't know, all my friends hate me, um, saying no, they don't, um, can be quite um that can be unvalidating you know for a child and it, and that 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 might not be helpful for them so it's finding that line to be like it's it's really hard that you feel this way and um but what's the evidence that says otherwise um so respecting that that what their ang anxiety is telling them and what it's making them think um but not colluding with that you know we what you need to be a voice of reason and a and a voice of logic as a, as a supportive adult. Yeah, I think it's really true because the feelings are real. Mm -hmm. So for that person in the moment, all of their friends do hate them. And and if you're not in that, if you're not you're not in that person's brain, you can't feel that. So it's really important to recognise that you can, you know, validate their feelings without misleading them. Hundred percent. Um, I guess um, a, a shift in positive like a positive shift for me and my mental health was when I started talking about my mental health when I wasn't feeling anxious okay. and when I was talking to um, my parents and my friends and um I guess my partner now to about being anxious when I'm not anxious yeah. um and that allows me um to have some control about how the people around me respond when I am anxious yeah. um so I can talk about what I need and what I feel and why I think I do certain things um, and what anxiety might look for me. Like I know um, a, a period during COVID actually when I, when I got particularly anxious, what was happening for me was I um, was lying on the sofa after my partner had gone to bed normally we'd go to bed together and we normally if we were watching telly or being in the living room we would we will agree to go to bed and we'll go to bed together but when I was feeling when I was going through a phase of anxiety something paused in me and I would stay on the sofa I wouldn't get up and I would lie there not doing anything not watching tv not on my phone I would just lie there feeling anxious and I didn't know at the time that was a sign of me being anxious but that was that wasn't that wasn't a good for me that wasn't a good thing that I was doing that wasn't a good behavior and as a when I've not been feeling anxious me and my partner can now talk about that and go if that happens again we know that's a sign that I'm not feeling great and actually I what I need him to do is I need him to really help me get up and go to bed I need him to really really not not physically but really be there as someone that's right we're going to go to bed I'm going to sit here until you can sit up um and so, yeah, talking to your children about 
what they feel like when they're anxious and how they can support them when they're not feeling anxious because yeah. when you're anxious you don't want a conversation about what's best <laughs> you just need to feel better right then yeah um yeah and I guess in those conversations thinking about things like triggers and what when is when is the anxiety coming is there a pattern do you know um so we can start to preempt that and let those who were involved in those situations know um yeah that's my my advice thanks good top tips top tips top tips well done and I think it's true because as you say anxiety in the moment Mm -hmm. can appear very very different and what you need right then you you can't make sense of it so it is a really good concept to be able to kind of this idea of prevention I suppose, and have a support network around you who can recognize those triggers, can see what's happening, can be prepared, however that may be. Talk, talk, talk is is always um, a tip that I will give. And it's about knowing what somebody actually needs. And for everybody, it's different. For some people, it is peace and quiet and being alone. And for other people, it might be, right, we need to go outside or they need to fidget. Um, you know, and it's just about understanding what your child needs or what you need and how it can work and that's that's I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult because anxiety is so unique for every individual Mm. so talking about what works for you is is definitely hopefully the best way to try and manage it Mm -hmm. definitely thank you so much for joining me today it's been fantastic feel very privileged that you shared your story with us please no worries thank you for having me so good luck with the rest of your week and keep going with that diploma but very proud doing fantastic (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) all right take care i'm really grateful for sarah for coming and sharing her story today you know a lot of the questions sometimes people might ask is why does anxiety happen and you know it's because somebody maybe feels unsafe they feel unsure they feel worried and you know that can be triggered by a lot of things whether it's um conflict grief change trauma you know there's there's not one answer to that question and something that may trigger one individual may not trigger somebody else and it can come out in anxiety about fears and phobias the unknown separation it's a really complicated um issue to deal with and it can look so unique in so many people so you know as a parent or a carer we may see a child who becomes very withdrawn and we may recognize that as as a form of anxiety but also we could have an opposite idea it could be a child who is very angry and very overactive and won't stop talking you know it can appear in so many different ways you know Sarah talked about her stomach and how and that's another physically your body might show it you ex anxious with sickness or eating issues, sleeping issues, you know, being teary, having headaches, feeling faint. All of these kind of ideas can be signs of anxiety and it can be a challenge to recognize that within yourself and also to be able to see that in your child or young person. So it's 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 a challenge, yeah. And so we have to be able to recognize that anxiety is normal for all of us and it's how we live our lives and it's when it grows to that level that we really can't cope with that level of anxiety when it becomes severe you know and there are things that we can do to help that person and in the moment if somebody is very anxious and it's creating a very difficult situation we may see them do everything from you know crying being emotional withdrawing avoiding us you know not listening you know you might have people um essentially look having panic attacks and unbreathing or they may just look 
totally like they're just having an okay day and it's all going on inside for them and it's hard for us to know. So it isn't something you can always easily identify. But like um, Sarah said, it, it can be almost very unuseful to talk about anxiety to somebody when they're feeling anxious. So being able to kind of work with that person, if it's your child or somebody you're working with or you know them, and be able to identify what are the triggers, when does it happen, and when does it happen, what do you need, you know, think about that individual, what do they need to cope when they're moving up that kind of scale of anxiety, so whether it's planning for transitions, having good routine, having predictability, you know, having a space and a time to talk regularly, planning everything that's going on, role modeling to that person about, you know, self-care and asking for help and, and talking about challenges, you know, let people be what they need to be when they need to be it, you know, and we can help think about anxiety and recognize it as it's a mental health issue that impacts so many children and young people and adults and it really is something that we can help people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis by being there and being supportive. So I'm really grateful to my guest today and I would just hopefully like to say to all of you just keep going, keep looking after your young people and keep looking after yourself. Thanks for listening today and remember you can find us at www.thrivingfamilies.org.uk and you can also follow us and find out any updates on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.